Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. It's Friday afternoon, and I'm just really excited to be here because uh, this we've been talking for a little bit. And I, well, first of all, I want to thank um, Tracy Lamore from Lamore Media. She's working with uh, George Atkinson and others and is um, responsible for bringing some really, really cool people to the podcast. And I, I thank her very much i don't know when she sleeps but she works continually and and uh today's guest is uh her name is ruth burkoff right is burkoff correct yep very good and she is the female lead well all right she's the only female in it but she's still the female lead of the um short film that george atkinson put together that is current it's called grace and has currently won two awards, two acting awards, and is taking the um, uh, festival, the music or the uh, movie festival uh, community by storm. It's it's becoming a really big deal in that. And uh, the person who's got the lead, of course, is Ruth. And uh, she, I, the first thing I have to ask you, because I asked George this, first thing I have to ask you is you were one of 300 women that applied for one spot how intimidating was that well not so intimidating because i didn't know there were that many people applying i just got on with preparing for the role and then coming and doing the audition if i'd have known there were that many people i might have felt stressed yeah well it's you know you don't get to see all those people because they come in at different times, I would imagine. But yeah. he he's he was very complimentary of both your acting ability and the and it shows through in the in the short film Grace, the connection that you had with your co-actors. Uh tell us about the gentleman that came through the door. And I wanna I wanna kind of keep this without without talking about the um, uh, plot a little bit because i want people to see this film again it's called grace but you had kind of a chemistry with with the your co-actor in this act in, in this presentation didn't you yeah so what am i explaining the story a little bit would you like me to do that? you can explain the story but not let's let's do it as a tease so that so that people yeah. will still want to watch it yeah so um, I am the wife of um, my husband has motor neuron disease. What do you call it? ALS. ALS. Um, yeah. So I'm at home caring for him. And then there's a knock at the door and it's an old flame inviting me to the school. Reunion. And that is, the, that is the film. It's 17 minutes long, I think. Yes. Yes. And it's, uh, it was shot beautifully. I think uh, uh, George did a tremendous job of, of directing it and producing it. And, but the acting in it is just, just really riveting. I think riveting is a fair word. 
Riveting. I like riveting. Yeah, that's a good word. Uh, <laughs> how did you feel about the film as it was being done? I know they shot it in one day. Yeah, we did. We went the day before. So we, um, that was the first time that I met Dan, who was playing my husband. And it was just arrive, right, put the dress on, out you go. Like, let's have this photo of when you were young and in love and he was healthy. So that was that was meeting Dan. Um, but I'd already met Garth, who was the guy who turns up at the door. I'd met him at the audition and we'd also had one rehearsal. So I've, I already had much more of a relationship with him than I did with my actual husband. So we had to catch up a little bit over the day and the, the night. And yeah, it was it was very touching. And also, by the way, the ending ain't what you think it is. So that's that's one of the things that was really cool about this film is that you really didn't know what was going to happen until it happened and at the at the very end so it was it, it, i think that was by design wasn't it well actually we didn't really know that the ending got tweaked um in the last week so that it was still getting rewritten so yeah it's been a journey oh yeah so so you went into the project not even knowing how the ending was going to happen i knew what the ending was going to be and then it changed <laughs> <laughs> Well, that means you have to be on your feet. Yeah. Yeah, because we be were, we learned a lot. We talked to, to um, a woman who'd cared for her husband who'd had ALS. And, you know, we were still discovering things up until the end. And um, that informed the direction that the film went. You know, there's a, somebody that is uh, close to this show. Her name is Natasha. And both her mother and her uncle died of ALS. And she's gone to some length about how difficult a time that is for the caregiver. Yeah. And did you do a lot of research into what ALS is and how much you have to care for them and all that? Yeah, I'm a massive researcher. If I if I'm going for it, I'm going for it. So um yeah, I listened to a lot of podcasts. It took me a long time to find stories that weren't just like positive because, you know, I knew at the end of the day that you're going to be having a bloody hard time. You know, you put your needs on hold. and But then people, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about how rewarding it was. So it took me quite a long time to find the stories that I was looking for. Um, my memory is also rubbish, so um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember anyone's names that I learned from. But I um, I read a book by a woman who cared for a man who had ALS and I listened to lots of podcasts. It was usually from the perspective of the person with ALS. So it, I did have to dig deeper to find the perspective of the caregiver, but I found enough to go on. And then we were lucky enough to speak to someone who'd um had her husband lost her husband like many years ago so yeah i can only imagine how tough it would be to be a caregiver because one of the that's one of those diseases and it comes through in the film that nobody wants to be around somebody that's got that because number one they're scared they're maybe scared they're going to catch it and and two you know it's what do you say what do you say to somebody that's, that can no longer move their arms and their legs and it's a progression and a certain death? It's, it's hard to come up with something positive to say about that. 
yeah and that's often the case in life we don't know what to say so we don't say anything or we avoid certain situations Yes, yes, we do. So let's talk about one of my favorite subjects. Let's talk about Ruth. I mean, yeah, how, 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 long, how long have you been acting? Listen, join the club. I've got so many fans. <laughs> well, that's why I was nervous to have you here because you're famous. Oh, I'm only joking. Um, how I acted when I was younger. It was my massive passion. Um, I ended up going to a school in, I'm from Leeds in the north of England, and there was a school that had an extra performing arts course. It was still a state school, so I didn't have to pay to go. You just had to audition. And that was the school that Mel B, who was Scary Spice in the Spice Girls, went to. Oh, wow. If you remember the Spice Girls. Oh, sure. Well, Mel B is on uh, America's uh, Got Talent now these days. She's doing some quite cool things at the moment. I watched an interesting film that she made about domestic violence, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. Um, she left just the year before I started. So um, that was my passion. Like, that was all I wanted to do when I was younger. And then um, after my dad died, I just sort of lost my interest in acting. Um, I think I lost, I just didn't have so much to give. So I stopped acting for a long time and I only got back into it when I was 30. So, well, first so. of all, I'm sorry for your loss. And, but, but you know, it happens to all of us. And, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you regained your passion. Yeah, me too. Because you are extremely talented. Um, and you deserve, you deserve to be heard and you deserve to be on the stage. Now, got to ask you though, which do you prefer? Do you prefer stage acting or movie acting? Do you know, Kevin, if you'd have asked me that question, like six months ago, I would have said stage, but the tables are starting to turn a little bit now. And I did like when I was doing this day of filming, I just, I was like elated we went, the filming went on late. It was a long day, you know, we were tired. Um, but I was just like on a high and I'm thinking I'm moving more towards being interested in screen. Now, when I was an actor a hundred billion years ago, uh, they used to tell us that, that the stage was more of an actor's medium and movies was more of a director's medium. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. I mean, what I like about the stage is you start the story and you're in the world and you stay in the world for the duration. Whereas when you're doing filming, it's start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. So you don't live the journey like you do on the stage. And when you're on the stage, it's, I don't know. Yeah, the director has a a lot of the film is the the director's vision, whereas on on the stage, I think maybe you can take a few more freedoms and risks as an actor. Can I tell you a real quick actor story? Yes, please. When I was when I was in college, I uh, was in Fiddler on the Roof, and it was a it was a college production. And I was Lazar Wolf, the butcher. And uh, in scene four, um, I'm supposed to be uh, center stage, downstage. 
And as the, as the uh, curtains open, I'm supposed to turn to my right, and Reb Morka, the, the bartender, is there. And I say, Reb Morka, a bottle of your best brandy. And uh, the uh, in those days, it was not a uh, electric um, um, curtain, but it was one of those pulley curtains that you had to pull. And the stagehand was there, and he was uh, the assistant director. And... Um, we all take our places, and I realize that Reb Morka isn't there. He's not where he's supposed to be. And I, so I said, Joe, Joe, he's not there. Reb Morka's not there. And he goes, he doesn't say anything. He just gets this really big smile. Then he opens the curtain. And so I had to figure out, because it's live, it's live right there in front of 300 people. I had to figure out how the hell I was going to negotiate around Reb Morka not being there. So I, I yelled really loud for his name. And you hear this, this running down the hall because the green room was in the back on the side. And you hear this running down the hall of this, of this guy who's coming to because he was enjoying the, the play so much that he forgot what he was supposed to do. Mm. Did that ever happen to you when you were on stage? Have I... Had has any meant to be there and it, they're not there yeah somebody has somebody gone up uh on a line or or oh, or yeah. said the line out of out of sequence and so you had to think on your feet how to get everybody back on track oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we um i do panto so for the last not last year but the um three years before we've done panto and not a single show is the same there's always something that you have to deal with um we had i was just thinking about this the other day actually we did this one show and it's in a little village hall and the audience were obsessed with making dick whittington and alice fitzwarren kiss and they kept shouting about wanting them to kiss and um and we were like we we i think i can't remember if we talked about it, the interval but there was there was it was unusual this hadn't happened at any other show and we all got on really well the three of us so eventually I'm playing the dame which is usually played by a man so I pretend that they're, they're shouting to me to kiss him so I grabbed the actor playing Dick and I just gave him a massive snog um, and it was all right he, it, it, went, it was okay he was okay with it um, and then um, I left them to it and I knew that they were going to kiss as well and it just made that show like so special because we didn't kiss any other performance that wasn't in the script. But with Panto, you can really play with it. And, you know, there's a different show. You have a different man that you're playing with. So, yeah, that is something I do really love about theatre. It's, it's interesting that the theatre is and, and when you're in a production like you were in a production for a and it, it goes for a while, the actors begin to figure out when they can throw some hijinks in there to try and throw each other off and becomes a game within a game, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I, yeah, that is next level being able to do that and do that. Well, it's, it's fun. The guy who played the Dane before me, he definitely did a lot of that. It was very fun. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love, I love the concept of acting. Now, what do, do you prefer? Um, what do you think about improvisational acting? Do you like to do that? on the on the stage well as as far as like because in, in the united states there are improv companies 
and they and that's what they do is improvisational. Somebody will shout out a scenario and then they'll act it out from the stage. Do you like to do that? Or do you like to have a script with it to work from that? You know what you're doing? I haven't done that. I did do some improvisation classes, but um, I haven't done that for quite a long time. I guess when I was at theater school, a lot of the work that we did was improvisation. And yeah. Yeah, you just it just depends what what sort of day you're having sometimes. I've I have a lot of respect for the people that do that sort of work. Um I guess a lot of Oh go ahead. Like it's a lot of the panto stuff that I will do when I'm playing with a man, when you get the man up, a lot of that will be slightly improvisational. But a lot of it it looks like it's improvised, but it, it's not. It's the same lines that get said at every show. So I love I love improvisation watching it but i i don't do it it's it can be a challenge by the way kayla may says i'm a great actor when i'm in the shower or talking to my kids i'm not quite sure what that means but uh I'm, so but a lot of us would love to be able to be an actor and be on the stage or to be in movies but it's stressful too huh <laughs> yeah it is yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. You you put yourself out there. You you know, I have a role that I'm auditioning for. I'll do the research because I'm a ridiculous researcher. Put a lot of time and effort in. You you know, you give your heart to it, and most of the time, it's a rejection because, let's say, you've got fifty people going for one role. It doesn't mean that you're not good because you haven't got the role. It just means they can only give it to one person. So you have to you have a lot of rejection and that is the name of the game really. Yeah. I did an interview with uh, John Edward, the uh, psychic medium and that is, yeah. and that's on, it's on the uh, podcast and his daughter is an actress and she's like six or seven. And, and he, he told me that uh, he, he does not allow the people that she's auditioning for to call them auditions, their interviews, because then she said, he says to her, which I think is very uplifting for her. You're a perfect circle, but if they're looking for a perfect square, you're never going to be a perfect square because you're a perfect circle. So the part may not be right for a circle. They want a square. It has nothing to do with you, your self-worth or your value. Do you, that, I think that was pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've heard a similar one about like, you can be the most delicious pair. <laughs> In the world and some people don't like pairs <laughs> exactly so it, it works out you know depending so how do you keep your self-esteem and keep your drive going when you go to a, an, an audition or an interview and it's no and then it's no and then it's it's uh too tall too short too fat too skinny too whatever um i mean i would that would be great to have that sort of feedback you don't usually get any any sort of feedback Usually you just get a no thank you or you don't get anything. Um, oh, that's, that's no fun. <laughs> I would think they would, they would want to tell you, you know, at least at least to help you, but I suppose this is a professional theater and they don't really care. That, yeah, it's pretty standard in this industry that you don't know why. You just get a no thank you or you, you don't get anything. Oh, Although very... I have recently got some very lovely rejection emails. So what we, the question was, how, how do you lift yourself up again? How do you keep going? Yeah. Yeah. 
and 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 go to the next one and go to the next one although i have to tell you if you're starting to get <laughs> this is kind of an odd way to look at it but if you're starting to get rejection letters that means you're coming up in the world because they might want to use you again they think you're good enough that they might want to use you again for a different project so they want to make sure that you understand that it wasn't you being a lousy actress that it just the the, the part just didn't fit but they might want to use you for something else yeah, I mean, I've got roles before where I've been up against people that are really, really talented and I've managed to get the role and they haven't got the role. And I know it's not because they're not good. That was when I that happened to me a few years ago. That was the first time that I was like, oh, just because you don't get it doesn't mean that you're not good. It's just because they can only give it to one person. So exactly. how I... um lift myself up afterwards like lately it has got me down a little bit so I have just sort of taken a little step back and do the things that I love to do and then work on um making my own work so just writing monologues or just remembering what I want to do and and also having fun and seeing people that care about me and love me whether I act or not that reminds you that you know you still have value in the world as a matter of fact, you put up a monologue today, as a matter of fact, and I actually saw it already. Uh, where where can people find that if they want to go look at it? Um, I have a YouTube channel. So if you look for my name, Ruth Burkoff, I think there's only one of me. Then there's there's a couple of monologues up there. There's my showreel and there's um, a scene that I wrote and filmed with a friend last year. And I think there's one, there's one improvisational thing from when I was at theater school as well. So you know it's interesting as i was doing because i like to do research as well uh on you and uh or on people that i'm going to be interviewing because i i yeah. want to make sure that we get the right information out and there was um another ruth that was on the page that had a brain hemorrhage now stop me if you've heard this before i had a brain hemorrhage when she was having an orgasm and it caused her to, to have major headaches and stuff uh, i don't know i didn't know whether that was real or whether that you were that you had anything to do with that or it was that something that you were playing with i had no idea where did you say that uh i, well, I googled you right and, I, and it was right there on on google it uh, yeah. it was it was the number one, but I don't know if that had yeah. anything to do with you. Um, oh, but yeah. it, that yeah. is me. Um, in 2017, I think it was. It was four. It's four years this May, so only just four years. Um, I had a brain hemorrhage, and yeah, brain hemorrhages either tend to be triggered by um, straining when you're doing exercise, or straining on the toilet, and or orgasm. So that that's what happened to me. And um, that put me out of action for a little while. But then I got back on it. Well, that, that thank God, a brain hemorrhage, you can die from that. Yeah, I had the I had the least bad kind of brain hemorrhage. <laughs> that, that's fortunate. That, that's fortunate. So I had no idea whether that was you. The picture kind of looked like you. So, but that, that was why well, I'm glad you're better now. And, and uh, what, you're all done. The prognosis is that you're fully healthy, right? Yeah, that's what they said. Um, I had a perimesencephalic subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is the best type. Um, and the consultant said to me, you've 
you're in a better position than me because we've looked inside your brain and we know there's nothing else hiding there so with the type that I had it's there's there's no it doesn't there's no increased risk of it happening again oh that's that's awesome and Kayla also says that now throughout the course of our little chat today, we'll have people that are listening that are just going to uh, um, come in to make a comment. And uh, and some of them may ask you a question. We'll see. Um, but um, always keep going. You're one in a million and you're going to do great things in life, Ruth. Um, so that's and then she also says, wow, girl, you're meant to be here, which is, I think, absolutely true. So. Thanks, Kayla. Mate yep and so it's 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 great fun and in addition to being an actor you are by the way and i'm never quite sure about the term should i call you an actor an actress what should i call you actor okay perfect um but you're also a massage therapist yes i am when did you get to involved with that oh now you're testing my memory um maybe oh no my memory's so bad i think it was maybe 2011 i started training and is that that was during the period after your dad passed away and oh when yeah you, yeah yeah when when you had kind of put acting aside and you were looking for yeah. something new and you became a massage therapist um I, that was never full time so i've always done other work as well so but, you yeah. yeah in order to be an actor in order to follow your passion, sometimes you can't make it. If you can't make enough to eat, then you have to do something else as well. Yeah, I've got loads up my sleeve. So I'll I massage. That's my own business. I um, teach cycle training in primary schools, and at the moment I'm working in the hospital doing cleaning and catering. So. Oh, very good. So you're working in the hospital. How how's COVID over there? I am on a liver transplant ward, so we don't have it's. Um, they've got a traffic light system in the hospitals in Leeds, so there's the wards are either red, which means the COVID wards, the amber, which means they possibly have, or they're green, which means there's no COVID allowed. And I'm on one of the few green wards, so I, I got lucky, really, the ward I got put on. Yeah, so so you help people that um, um, lose their liver get a new liver. Yeah. That's 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 really cool because if they because I'm sure a lot of people know that without your liver you're not going to be around for very long. Yeah. So that's that that's awesome. So you're doing all of these things. Are you continuing to um, make acting a focus? Do you have an agent? Are you marketing yourself? Are you getting out there? I have there? an agent. Yeah, I have an agent. I'm with Deep Boss Talent, who are based in London, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm applying for things all the time. I'm working on my own stuff as well. But yeah, it's it's been slightly quiet for me lately. I'm hoping that Grace will build things up a bit. I think now I know that uh, George has been nominated in the director category. Have they gotten to the point where they're doing actor awards as well? I'm not sure which festivals we're going to yet. I haven't heard. But he said he's put me forward at a few for best female. 
as well you deserve to be because he also has said that uh he in our the interview that we did with him a couple three weeks ago he said that he was going to uh release it for wide release in like december which is depending upon the uh, film festivals and how they go but for to put it out there in december generally means that it's good for this year and it's the end of the year so that stacks up well and could end up you could end up being nominated for an Oscar. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> has, has that ever crossed your mind? Have you ever thought about what you would do if you got to go to L.A. and and it's, pretend COVID's over, you got to go to L.A., you, you get a designer gown, you get to go on the red carpet, you get all these people fawning over you, and then you go sit down and, and you see Jack Nicholson at the front and you see all these other uh, famous people that are around you, and then they call your name to go up. Would you, I, I think I would need to have like some depends or something on, uh, for, for that, because that, that would be, that would be really a unique experience. What, what do you think about that? Have you dreamed about that? No, I haven't. And I'm, it may, maybe I need to have a bit more fun, but I'm more excited about working than standing up and, um, getting an award. I'm, I just want to do the work I would, if, that is like when I was on that set with George and the team, I was just like so happy <laughs> that I'm much more excited about doing work than I am about putting on a fancy dress and um, walking along a carpet. Although I'm sure if the if the time ha came, I would be absolutely <laughs> just like, ah! <laughs> but well, right now, like I just want the work. Well, the cool thing about that is, is that when you become, when Ruth Burkoff, award or uh, Oscar-winning actress, you can put on your resume, it changes your world entirely. Yeah. Because then, then people start, you know, like sending you scripts, mm. rather than you having to audition for stuff, they send you parts that that you can that you can play and and stuff like that so i i really wish you well in that and and this is gonna i think this is gonna be a great year it's gonna be a great year for george and for you as well because your acting is superb in 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 grace thank you now there was something on your resume that i wanted to ask you about and that was something about knives and sharp weapons and stuff You've really done your research, haven't you, Kevin? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you start reading, and you know it's it's very interesting yeah. and, and stuff. But and I saw you in a picture on a play, and it may have been the play you were talking about earlier that uh, you you had a you had a knife in your hand. Um, do you remember that that uh, promotional picture? Yeah, do you know that that is? Um, I was playing a serial killer in a. Um, it was in a comedy. And that is that is the play that I was talking about when I say I know that I was up against some really talented people and I got the role and it's not, you know, I think it's just they were looking for a family so we all needed to have a similar look. So, it, you know, it, there can be so many reasons why you don't get the role. But um, that has got nothing to do with my um, knife skills. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that was just a, just a little serial killer role that I had. Well, tell us about your knife skills. So knife skills, uh, many years ago, I had a boyfriend who was a coppice worker. So he'd cut down um, trees and then they'll grow back again and use the wood to make things. So I just got into that world a little bit. So I, I developed axe and knife skills and I just really enjoyed whittling and making spoons. And I, I got a bit obsessed with making wooden hearts. Oh, wow. So you are, so, you are a multi, multi-talented, multi-faceted uh, person that uh, it sounds like that you're enjoying life and having a, having a great time with it. I like to keep busy. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So, um, how have you ever do- tried whittling, Kevin? I imagine you might like it. Uh, well, funny story about that. I used to pick up knives and, and stuff like that. I kept cutting myself. So my sons who were younger said, dad, you need, you can't play with knives anymore. Cause you're going to confiscated get- your knives. They did. Mm. <laughs> they, they wouldn't let me uh, do any of that anymore. So, um, so I do this, this is, this is, this is what I do for uh, my, my hobby and my passion. And, and I just, I just love, cause I love talking to people like you. And you've got a wonderful smile. You've got a wonderful disposition, and you're trying to make a difference in the world. And I just really, you know, I, I really appreciate people like you. Yeah, well, I've seen some of your stuff, and I know you're you're very passionate about making a positive difference in the world as well. So, I'm tired. Of, oh, you're more than welcome. I, now, um, I just got to remind you that I live in the United States of America, and up till really recently. This has been a real, not a very nice place because of uh, there's been a lot of hate, division, and fear over the last four years, and we're just kind of getting out of it now, and this, this is the type of thing that really needs to happen in my country. I like to think that you guys are a little bit more I- evolved, and I'm going to come over there and visit you in the next year. How are you? Yes, my son, my son is uh, uh, in the Air Force. And he just got new orders in January. He's going, there's a, apparently there's an Air Force base just south of London. Right. Now, where is London in relation to where you are? It's south from me as well. So. And then, of course, he said um, the military or the, the Air Force base is four hours from Liverpool. Now, do you have any idea why I would want to go to Liverpool? Are you obsessed with the Beatles? you're pretty smart yes <laughs> i have to go see abbey road i have to go walk that uh crosswalk i have to go see paul, where paul grew up and where john grew up and where george grew up and where ringo grew up and all that stuff um it's 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 part of my nature and and uh um so i'm really enjoy going to enjoy and you know what i really want to do is to go to see your pub life because I, I was in the restaurant business for a long time. And I, from what I understand that you've got some really unique pubs and stuff like that. And what yeah, they Yeah, and they're all quite different. So, you know, you go to one pub and the pub over the road might have a very different feel to it. So, Oh, that's cool. And, there, and a lot of them, you don't have a lot of corporate. or Well, you tell me. Are a lot of your pubs corporate like they're all a chain and see here most of the bars are like chains or or are they 
family owned and and proprietor owned and they've and that kind of thing they've got a smaller and got a homier feel to them a mixture yeah it's definitely going more in the direction of more chains now oh very good very good i do i do have to ask you though um as an actor in movies and more so in movies than on stage there are some there are some roles that they um demand certain things from their actors like uh like um nude scenes and that kind of stuff have you yeah. have you have you thought about what your your response would be if they, if they if somebody came to you and said i want you to do this role and you have to do this scene and we'll pay you three million dollars to do this role what would you what would you do oh yeah i'd, I'd do it that makes sense i'm not i'm not really particularly shy i've done quite a lot of life modeling and so oh really i've i've done one sex scene and a, a bit of kissing and stuff yeah that that strangely that isn't something that particularly bothers me what's it like doing a sex scene and do you have to like your partner or is it just an acting job it's an acting job but it's it's much more fun whether you're doing a sex scene or a scene where you hate each other whatever you're doing it's much more fun if you've got something you know a connection i think you need to have that even if you're playing people that hate each other it's really important to have something between you a real nice connection and, and an emotional connection and that kind of thing yeah well that's that's good do you have any questions for for me or what we do or anything like that oh you're putting me on the spot now of course i am that's what <laughs> <laughs> um what's what's the your favorite sort of person to interview or what is the some some of your favorite moments or what is it that you love that was quite a lot of questions in one yeah it is well to, to be honest with you um not that i would ever be done you know i hate that saying because why would i be dishonest why would i be dishonest with you on purpose uh but but no i i love interviews like this where I can talk to you about you, about your passion, your life, because you're living a dream that a lot of people have given up on, including myself. I could have been an actor when I was young and could have kept going, but then I, I thought of, of the, you know, like in the, in the Screen Actors Guild, there are so many um, uh, SAG members, but so few of them actually make a living. And it's expensive and and the, the drama of going to auditions and and stuff like that. And, and a lot of us give up on our dream. And I am so it's, it's great to meet people that are pushing through and not giving up on their dream. I know you kind of discount that you, by the look on your face. You're kind of discounting that that you should be somebody <laughs> that should that we should look up to. But I really think we should. Yeah, I mean, for a long time. It I wanted to be acting and I wasn't and I wasn't sure if I was ever going to go back to it and it was always there this thing that I knew I wanted really deeply and I wasn't doing it for a long time I was gardening or I was um working in a charity I was 
whittling spoons whatever you know all these other things but it was still it was there and it was only when um one of my best friends died you know it's like my dad dying that sort of got me out of acting and then it was one of my best friends dying that I was just like you never know it could you know he it was a he was that was just out of the blue it was um, a road traffic accident so you know it just it just really made me be like what what am I waiting for it could just happen tomorrow like my death just came right in front of me so I just started I started learning guitar I started looking for acting classes and I just went for it and a a little bit I suppose like my dad was a very talented um artist and could have been a really good writer and he just didn't really do it he didn't you know he ended up being unemployed for a lot of his uh, life when he was my dad and you know part that's sort of driven me as well a little bit like I don't want to I don't want to have potential and not go for it so there's like Ben and there's there's my dad and I'm just like I just just I, I don't know I don't know if there's an alternative now I don't I don't think I can not do it anymore I want it too much I love it too much and that's why well you and I have a similar story about our dads in that my dad um was when he was in high school he was what's called a scratch golfer do you know what a scratch golfer means he he was on a pro level that he could he could actually play on the tour but and there's stuff you got to go through to be able to do that well he ended up getting married having three kids so he ended up being a uh, manager at Nordstrom which is a clothing clothing store and doing that for his whole career and late in life I asked him was that your passion did you want to do that he said, no, I had to do that. So, Dad, you spent your whole life doing something you hated. He said, oh, I had no choice. I didn't want to be put into that category of I, I did something my whole life, and then I look back and I have regrets. I want to leave this place, and I don't want to have any regrets, just like, just I think like you. Yeah, absolutely. And when I thought I was going to die, um, when the, I'd had the brain hemorrhage, because I realized that's what had happened, I was like, well, I gave it a go. I was doing what I loved. Like that day, I'd my last set. I was doing it was a street theatre um, job. That was a, that was all improvisation, pretty much, at um, a holiday camp. And my last act had been um, dressed as a gnome and going around with this massive carrot, getting people to high five my carrot. And it was a little act that I made up myself. I'm just running around going, do you want to high five my carrot? And that's it. Like sometimes having a bit of fun with a dad, like anyway, I had a little gag that I do with dads. And, um, and as I thought I'm going to die, I was like, well, I did carrot high five and it it went down well. (laughs) But then when you recovered, you you determined that, that uh, you never know when that day is going to come. And so, live each day like it's going to be your last because in fact one of them will and one so of them will. live your life to the best that you can do and to enjoy it because you're not getting out of alive anyway so just yeah keep- i know yeah but you can't live every day like that it's a bit intense you need to well, sometimes give yourself a break and just watch netflix 
<laughs> yeah, but you're still doing what you want and you're doing you're doing great things. See, and that's that's why when I get deeper into an interview with someone like you and I find out your actual motivation for why you do what you do, it can be very instructive to other people that are on the fence going, I would really, really, really love to be a painter. But I don't know. It's expensive to buy the paints, and I don't really have the time. And my husband thinks I'm an idiot, and or my wife thinks that I should be getting a career and do it. You know, it's important for us to all understand that we're only here for a short time, and to enjoy ourselves, and and to do what's our passion, and to follow our heart. Yeah, it's a big drive for me. As well, it should be, and I'm glad it is because you can be very instructive to other people. Because you you've done you've done well and you're not you're not near done yet. Yeah, I hope that's true. Well, you see, you have the capability after watching Grace, by the way, we're talking with Ruth Burkoff, and she was is in the movie Grace. It is a two award winner. That's kind of nice to say. It's won two awards in the in the film festivals, and we're just getting into the film festival festival season, which is gonna go throughout, and they are Probably, I think George told me that the 25 or 30 different festivals that you guys are entered in. And mm. um, and Ruth plays the lead female in the 17-minute um, short film, and it really is a dynamic performance. And she does a wonderful job with it. And so you've got, you've got lots and lots of things left in you. And, and because of who you are, there's a lot of there's a lot of girls or a lot of women that when they're younger they're spry and they're cute but they don't necessarily have the acting chops to be able to do the types of role like this role that you did uh, you're a very pretty young lady and you were playing somebody who was older and was kind of beaten down by life and it showed really clearly through that performance of what that person who was an alzheimer's caregiver was going through you did a great job Okay. So you've got a lot. <laughs> oh, come on. You can say more than that. <laughs> I warned you. I was worried about my short answers. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and you were, and you, she, ladies and gentlemen, she emailed me saying, apparently they don't do this in England a lot where they're, they're, they don't have a lot of podcasts or, and this is the first one she's done. I think she's done a phenomenal job uh, with this podcast today. And uh, by the way, Kayla May says, live life with no regrets. Move one foot forward, and that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And just, and that's, that's the thing. And that seems to be a, th a common theme of late is that follow your passion. State what you want to have happen, which is the law of attraction. I don't know if you're familiar with the law of attraction, uh, but it's, it's you, you state what you want to have happen. But uh, in some people, they'll say, that's all you need to do. Nah. Then you have to work your ass off. And you have to really work hard at what you're doing and perfect your craft. And good things will happen for you. Yeah. So, and even, you know, whether you, you know, whether you get on that red carpet or not, if you're doing the thing that you love, then it's a win. Absolutely. It absolutely is. And I appreciate you taking the time to being here today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. Yeah, I really have. Thank you, Kevin. You've made me feel very comfortable. <clears throat> well, I'm a comfortable old man. That's all I can tell you. So, 
So now this is this is the part of the part of the show where I like to tell you that um, you have a moment. Tell our audience anything that you would like them to know about you, about the film, about your career, um, or about life in general. It's up to you. It's open forum. I was worried you might do this bit. <laughs> well, don't, don't all you have to all you have to do is say shut up and then I'm I, I you know because that 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 does kind of um, put you on the spot a bit. And yeah, do you know? Works. Yeah, you just have to be. I just I'm realizing I need to be my best friend, and and I think I'm getting there to being my best friend and there's still a long way to go and you have to just have your own back that's the biggest thing that I'm learning at the moment you know because there's going to be a voice a critical voice all the time or most of the time and you have to be the other voice you you know have conversations in your head and just be like listen you, you did your best even whatever I'm still here for you and you know, I I write this sort of thing down all the time, but it's true. You just have to have your own back and just get on with it. You know, and you were worried that you wouldn't have anything to say. That was really, really profound. <laughs> and I want to thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed it. Go see. It's going to be in wide release, I'm told, by the end of uh, the year. And this is Grace. It is a 17-minute short film. It features uh, Ruth Burkoff and as well as a couple other actors. Who, who are the who the gentlemen that you do this the show with? What's their names? Who are the other guys in the film? Yeah, the actors. Oh god! Oh god! No, I don't want to get people's surnames wrong. Oh, okay. Garth. Then don't worry. Don't yeah, worry about we've got Garth. We've got Garth and we've got Dan. Okay, I will. I thought. By the way, as intricate as a role as as a somebody with als can be since you can't move anything except his face uh his facial features i thought he did a great job as well as, okay. as i thought all three of you as an ensemble were just were just magnificent yeah i felt like the luckiest woman in the world working with those two they were they were awesome and then and, and i can't give away the ending but it will the ending will surprise you it surprised me because um, I thought it was being set up for a whole different thing. Yeah. So Ruth Burkoff has been our guest. Um, go uh, see her uh, Facebook page. And, and where, where would you like them to go to look up your work? Um, I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and I have an agent, the boss talent. And if you are looking to be a producer of a film or a director of a film, you should get in contact with her so that uh, she can audition for it. I think she'd be great in whatever. I would role. love to work with you, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. If you'll, if you'll hang tight for just a second, I got to do this and then I will be right back. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.